Welcome to the Naturally Curious Podcast with Tawny Stowe, also known as the Woodland Priestess, where you will be invited to expand your mind to be curious about all things mind, body, and soul. Your host, Tawny, is a born adventurer, a woman of Métis heritage, and trained as a medical intuitive, Reiki master, and yoga instructor. She is also the host of the Running With Wolves community, a spiritual community rooted in values designed to deepen our relationships with one another and especially the earth through our love of nature, parenting, homeschooling, homesteading, or simply just a love of humanity. And now, your host, Tawny. Hello, everybody. Woodland Priestess here. Checking in to share just a little bit of my plant exploration for the month of March. Every month in our Running With Wolves community, I like to try to check in with a plant. I have been studying plant medicine for about six years now. And by studying, I still consider myself an absolute novice. Every time I come across a plant, I learn something new. I feel like an absolute beginner in each and every moment of exploring the wisdom that these plants have to offer. I'm very blessed. I have come across just incredible people in my life who I look up to as mentors, especially when studying the living environment. And uh, the biggest influence of all is Samantha Orthleap at Senses of the Soul, who has taught me that plants are more than a thing we consume and that the ways that they can heal and help us heal go far beyond their chemical constituents. And that was an amazing discovery for me, which started one mentor before with Jackie Daniels out in Alberta. And I began to understand that it was okay if I didn't fully understand things like chemical constituents and I wasn't grasping some of these bigger words and bigger terms on the way these plants work. And yet I still had this deep, profound love for them. And working and discovering the work of both Jackie Daniels and Samantha Orthleap opened up these possibilities to stay intrigued and excited by the magic the plants have to offer without losing myself in the perhaps self-imposed limitations, but the fears and the overwhelm of understanding absolutely everything about a plant. And now, a little further in my journey, I still am learning constantly. And I have another great mentor who's come into the mix, Stephen Martin, over at the Sacred Gardener. So, as I continuously learn from these mentors, I am also outside exploring in as many ways as possible. And so, as I was outside in March, the beautiful contrast of the white birch bark on a snowy day with a sky blue background was breathtaking for me. I am very fortunate. I live on the uh, unceded traditional lands of the Algonquin people, and I am surrounded by forest. Now, I have a really cool biodiversity of forest around me. What's fascinating is birch trees hate the dense canopy created by the oak and maple and beech. And so they're always on the outside of sort of forests uh, hanging out on the edges because they love light. So you see them on shorelines and tall hills that um, have often either been forcibly cleared by man 
or through forest fire and any kind of natural causes. And that's where you're going to find the birch tree. And so what's super cool is they really stand out kind of just about anywhere you drive or anywhere you walk um, with their incredible white magic bark. And their contrasting partner, good old chaga. And so as I was out exploring these uh, beautiful winter landscapes, chaga was heavy on my mind. So I decided to sit and talk with chaga. And I thought that for my plant study, I would put a few bullet points and have about a one-page article in the Running With Wolves community. And five pages later, my experience with chaga was complete. And while I can't share all of that here with you in audio format or on video format, I would love to at least give you an overview of what it's like for me when I start exploring a plant. There are so many ways to work with plants. You can draw them, you can look at photos of them, you can, of course, if it's safe by your approval of your doctor you can consume them as tea some of them um you need to also check in with your you know your herbalist and your field guys and make sure you're aware of what it is you're harvesting but what else is important is to actually understand what you're harvesting and its interconnectedness to all living things well why is that important tani because just like you Nature is not stagnant. It's not one static aspect of being. It's dynamic. And so to truly understand the plant, we get a deeper connection when we look to the entire environment. So as I sat down to share with my group, my incredible community who are committed to growth and spiritual evolution and and expanding through homesteading and, and permaculture and Uh, homeschooling, I realized that Chaga had a lot to say about interconnectedness. And there was so much in this particular winter that I was leaning into with this contrast of dark and light, with this um, black and white, and with this, um, you know, sort of uh, death and rebirth. And I sat down and said, Chaga, if I were to work with you right now, I'm going to offer you my asema. I'm going to just sit and pause. What is it you would like for me to share with our community? And just as it does for me, I I offer my offering and I share my heart's intentions. And sometimes the plant asks me to sing it a song. And then we uh, tend to dive into conversation. And Within minutes of wanting to understand Chaga, she stopped me and said, no, you must go backwards. If you're going to talk about me, you must, you must tell a tale. And I was just shown a scene from Alice in Wonderland, sort of growing and shrinking and and recognizing that Chaga was trying to tell me there's a complex interconnectedness and interwoven magic around its existence. And so... It began sort of showing me that to know chaga is to know birch, okay? And it began to show me that to know chaga and to know birch is actually to know moose and deer and grouse and snowshoe hare. And I went, whoa, this is big. And so I sort of had to sit with all of this for a minute and say, all right, well, where do I go with this? And Chaga sort of said, you need to understand birch. And the reason you need to understand birch is because 
I find my way into a damaged part of birch trees. And I went, okay. And so that's the truth. That's a scientific truth too. That's been been sort of, you know, illuminated that chaga is a spore and it, um, when another chaga is fruiting, it gives out its spores and the spores travel, but they can only find a wounded birch tree to make their home in. And once they find their tree, they can live there in coexistence with that tree, usually for uh, upwards of 70 to 80 years. And yes, it is true that over time, the the polypore is what it's called, is killing the birch tree. However, the tree was already damaged. All right. And so the, the paper birch, um, is, is the big host for this chaga mushroom. Okay. And it, as this, this chaga is, polypore is the correct name, making its home on this birch bark, it's also taking on the properties of birch. And that's why it was telling me, you need to understand birch is its own medicine. It's got medicine in spring and it's, um, its young shoots are a strong tea for clearing out the bladder and the kidneys. Um, there is uh, ancient sort of text sort of saying that if you tincture the leaves of the of the early young shoots or save some of the good uh, young leaves dried for tea later, that it can really help your dry lungs that have had um, too much smoke from the fire, from a wood-burning fire, or that have been dried out from the dryness of the fire. And that the inside of the bark can be used for medicine, for skin rashes, for cradle cap. It can help with night sweats. It's birch in itself is this powerful helper um, with our mental state and can also be beneficial for helping with both liver and lung cancer. The tree also has catkins, at least the male version does, and they're a really, really protein-rich pollen, and it can be eaten right off the tree um, in all seasons except for summer, or it can be dried and ground into other foods. It's really nutrient-dense, and um, that's all part of what the birch is imparting uh, in its own way into that chaga mushroom, which I found just so fascinating. Of Birch has also got its own sap and its sap can be drank right from the tree and it helps with being a diuretic and it also kind of helps with uh, arthritis. It's not thick like maple trees and it's important with a birch tree, you wouldn't tap it from the center of the trunk the same way you might a maple as that would actually damage it. But you can tap a limb and um, do very little damage. damage sorry. So, I mentioned that Chaga sort of right out of the get-go gave me this Alice in Wonderland look at moose and deer and snowshoe hare and grouse. And it basically then showed me that it's because that it those are all the animals that feed off of the bark, seeds, and buds of this incredible tree. And so there's an aspect of them that is interwoven into the story of chaga, at least in the way it came through to me. And so chaga itself um, is, is a little bit trendy, okay? It is a little bit trendy. It's very difficult to harvest in that you need an axe or a saw. Um, you can sometimes possibly harvest, uh, you know, more than once from the same 
same piece of chaga. It takes a really, really long time to move. And it takes a lot of skill to remove it because it's incredibly hard. You are not meant to harvest chaga off of a dead tree. Once the tree is dead or has fallen, the chaga is no longer uh, full of medicine, okay? The reason it's harvested in the winter most of the time is simply because it's easiest to find when there's no leaves. Uh, finding true chaga is a little bit of a challenge. Um, it actually has a serrated edge underneath, whereas false chaga has a smooth underside, okay? The other big reason to harvest chaga in the wintertime is mushrooms can get moldy actually quite quickly. And so if you're going to dry it out, you need to try to get it into small chunks. And um, the time of year you have your wood stove going and it's a dry environment in the house is a great time to harvest it. Now, birch trees grow in a community typically and you really want to think about conservation when you're harvesting and so a good forager goes with the one percent rule make sure that you're seeing a huge population or at least a population big enough that you're only taking one percent which means if there's only one chaga you can't harvest it because you are not leaving um 99 of chaga in the environment okay so that can limit where you harvest because birch trees are most typical of the boreal forest. So if you don't live there, then you probably are not in an area with enough chaga to ensure you will not remove its ability to fruit and send out more spores for more chaga for years to come. When it comes to this uh, concept of chaga, if you're going to harvest it yourself, or even if you're buying it from someone else, it's really great to understand, you know, what are they doing with it? Why are they harvesting it? How are they harvesting it? What are they calling it as sustainable? Uh, where are their sources? And then also question how you're using it. Are you using it just because it's trendy, because people are talking about it? Um, it's super um, well kind of put out there right now, a lot of people coming on to the idea that mushrooms are super good for us. And of course they are. Of course they are. But really check in with how you're using it. Yes, chaga is super high in antioxidants. It is an amazing, amazing immune system support. Absolutely. But here's the thing. It doesn't release its goodness until it's been boiled and left soaking. For a very, very, very lengthy time. It can be tinctured. However, it requires like a hundred proof alcohol and to sit in it for a very long time to try to actually pull any of the chemical constituents out of it. And although it's high in antioxidants, it's also high in something called oxalates. So anybody who is on a plant-based diet and knows that they have to kind of watch what plants they're eating because of the high oxalates, this is another one. So although it can be medicine for the liver, it can also not be the right thing for the liver. So plants are complex beings. It's really important that you get clear on why you're doing something and check in with people who know a lot about it and find out if it really is the right thing for you. And the best thing is you don't need to actually consume it to tap into some of its most amazing benefits. My mentor, Samantha Orthley, she teaches that chaga is really connected to our third eye. And for those of you who are into ch um, chakras, perhaps, or those of you who are just hearing this word for the first time, imagine you have a hollow straw running through your body and there are, uh, it's a rainbow that starts at red at the base of your tailbone and goes all the way up to 
the top of your head, which is purple. And the uh, amazing thing about that is that these chakras are like little guideposts within your body that can kind of give you a compass, really, of a connection between both your emotional, spiritual, and physical self. And so chaga is connected to the one we call the third eye chakra, which is usually depicted by the color indigo. And it's all about our psychic senses. And so Samantha teaches that uh, working with chaga is a way of helping us regenerate um, our, our way of seeing things, our way of connecting uh, back into purity, back into universal alignment. And Chaga is um, an ally in helping us basically kind of go through what it takes to embrace new beginnings and new ways of seeing. I love Carolyn Mace, and she has this amazing quote that it's when we close our eyes that we actually really start seeing. And so I love that this idea, Chaga, is, is black and dark and big, and yet if we put that over our eyes, we might actually truly begin to see. And so Samantha puts it in with her alchemist essence, and it's all about basically going through deep transformation and checking in to see where we can shift our mind mindset or our pre-programmed patterning that we're um, only following because it's what our physical eyes are used to seeing and transform. Where can we make gold out of our learning? And that's where getting and working with these plants gets so super exciting. When I did a little bit of extra digging, I found out that moose medicine is about life and death and deer is about paying attention Hair is about releasing and shedding, as well as embracing abundance. And gross is about refining our rhythm. And so to work with chaga and uh, all of its counterparts can take you on a really deep spiritual dive into what parts of self are looking to expand in that moment. Where do you want to deepen your connection to your intuitive channels? Which one of those animals or all of them is trying to get your attention and show you the way to lean into spiritual expansion? And so in our Running With Wolves community, I will be leading a guided experience, which is the same as sort of a meditation, where I'll take you on a little journey and include, uh, encourage you to have a journal handy that you can um, jot down what comes to mind when you're done the experience. And you can do it over and over and over again in such a way that we'll um, see what comes up for you in each moment. And if nothing comes up, you need to just trust that that's exactly what you needed in that moment. You can always come back. And so that's going to happen in the Running With Wolves community. So for those of you who want to dive deeper with me and uh, get into some of these spiritual aspects, you can take the plunge and come join me in the Running With Wolves community. We have got a, a coupon code available for the month of April, which is RWWNEW and welcome you in for 50% off of our monthly membership for month one. And you can give us a try and lean into some of um, the, this meditation that will be in there, see where it takes you and join in our conversations around homesteading and permaculture and gardening. And maybe you'll even want to join our book club. Whatever you get up to, thanks for tuning in. I'm Tawny, the Woodland Priestess. I'm so excited you're here. The fact that you're listening to this excites me because it lets me know that you are curious and I honor your curiosity and I honor your courage to step outside of your comfort zone and to ask big questions and explore life and all of the ways that we are interconnected to them. With all of my heart, thank you for being you. The world needs you. So grateful that you're here. Stay curious.
Thank you for listening to the Naturally Curious Podcast with Tawny Stowe. Be sure to tune in again to be inspired and nurture your curiosity. If you are looking for a spiritual community to deepen your connection to your mind, body, and soul, be sure to check out the Running With Wolves community over at www.woodlandpriestess.com along with other opportunities for expansion.